from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. And now it's time for the Daily Douchebag Pledge. Two Douchebags and a Microphone Pledge. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to download every show. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to grab family members' phones and download the show from there. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to go to public computers and download the show from there. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to laugh at all the unfunny jokes. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to lie to all my friends and tell them how good the show is. And finally, I, Joe, or Jane Listener, promise to visit Montrose, Missouri to take advantage of the power plant, campgrounds, and junkyard all within its quarter-mile radius. Just saw a puppy in half. Hey there, don't worry, I have a clown nose. Oh no! That drunk guy just hit my child! It is okay. I have a clown nose. Clown nose, just put one on and you can do anything. Wanna run for office? Murder people in public? Just grab a clown nose and bam! Everyone laughs. Clown noses are sold at gag stores online and pedophile conventions. Grab one today and make magic happen. Hey, look! I think we found land! Oh my god, I think we're safe! Oh no! It's the island of horrible jokes! Singing in the shower is fun. Until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. <laughs> Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. You are dressed like an assistant debate coach at an Ohio State middle school. Right, everybody, two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark, and I'm Rob. Rob, uh, you want to finish uh, what you uh, started on the last podcast about? Um, go ahead. Well, you go ahead and explain it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I found this on Society of Rock, and the article is called "The Rock Stars That Went Too Hard in Rocking." Well, last on the last podcast, I gave the first five which was Keith Moon, Keith Richards, Ozzy Osbourne, John Bonham, and Aerosmith Toxic Twins, which is Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Yep. So tonight, I had the final five. Cool. Guitarist Dave Navarro got banned from the Playboy Mansion after injecting heroin and attempting to write on the walls with his blood during infamous visit. 
Oh my God! <laughs> wow, I, I I had had no. I idea. did not hear about that. No, one. I didn't know Dave Navarro was that fucked up at one time. Jeez, I didn't know he was a heroin junkie. It sounds like and injected. Like, and yeah, oh, he shot it. Fuck, mainline and heroin is not playing around. Damn, dude. Wow, that and now he's on it. He he must have cleaned up because he's on Ink Master and everything. Yeah, now. yeah. No, I'm sure he cleaned up. Remember, he was like married to Carmen Electra or something, and then I forgot. Yeah, the, the, yeah. I bet it was about that time. I bet it was. Yeah, it probably was. I, I I mean, to be honest, I mean that '90s period there, everybody was fucked up and wrong. I mean, any type of music at all, they were just on something or another. I mean, look at all the people that OD, killed themselves, what have you. I mean, it was a um, an inordinate amount, even for music, an inordinate amount of people dying off from drug overdoses and killing themselves because of being on drugs. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was even for music, even for the music industry, and especially particularly the rock industry, which has been real heavy with overdoses ever since rock and roll got big. Um, yeah. Even then, it was a large number of rock stars that uh, that OD'd or killed themselves because of drug use. So, anyhow, go ahead, Rob. Okay, next. Billy Idol's three-week party in a Bangkok hotel resulted in a $250,000 bill for damages. Military intervention was needed to remove him, highlighting the extremes of his nonstop party. I love Billy Idol. I love him even more now. It took the military to get him out of his hotel. Dude, he pulled the ultimate hotel party, costing two hundred fifty k. Man, he he made me shame on my game. My hotel game used to be good. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. And that was in Bangkok, so you know shit's cheap there. Oh, yeah, and gosh, there's probably fucking uh, Bangkok hookers everywhere, all over everywhere. Drugs. 250,000, I bet they destroyed the whole floor. (laughs) Yes, because like you said, Bangkok, I don't imagine anything being too expensive there, especially at that time. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, he yeah, had... But it's funny, they had to bring in military intervention to get him out of there. I wonder, I wonder if they charge him for the military inter- intervention and all that, too. That, I know the United States would. Oh, oh yeah, and they should. I know I mean, for appropriately. a fact, yeah. You waste money like that, they should charge you. So, wow. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> okay, next up. Gunner... Guns N' Roses bassist Beth McKagan faced health issues due to excessive alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. A burst pancreas prompted him to change his lifestyle and seek recovery. And uh, he is like really good on Wall Street right now. He's like some sort yes, of... Yes, he is. Yeah, yes, he is. I mean, he is highly intelligent. And, um, and that burst pancreas probably saved his life, even though it sounds like weird that you would say something like that, but probably saved his life uh, it, because... It changed his lifestyle. Yes. It changed his lifestyle. 
And that was he, he quit drinking, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. And he, he's, yeah, he's living a good life. And like you just mentioned, now he's doing stuff on Wall Street. Uh, yeah, it was that moment of clarity, I imagine, when he uh, yeah, his pancreas yeah. burst. Wow, that's that's interesting. Um, and anyhow, he's a great bass player. He just doesn't look rock and roll now. <laughs> I mean, he's cooler now. Right, right. It does not look I rock and roll. I haven't, I haven't seen him. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad when I see some of these rockers from my generation, like Dave Mustaine. I think he beat, or or his lease is in remission, hopefully, of throat cancer. He had a lot of treatments, but I mean, he kind of looks like Hank Hill or something now. He does not look like he used to, and uh, and it's sad for me, not just because of it, it, he isn't this big robust rock star anymore. But, um, I don't know, it's a reminder that we're all mortal and we're all getting old. You know, we're all getting older and we're all dwindling yeah. down and, it, you know, it's really kind of and sad. And if you think about it, these guys are actually a couple of years older than us, if not a few yeah, more. Yeah, they, you know? yeah, they are. I mean, Dave, Dave Mustaine, I believe, is probably 62 or something like that. They're a little yeah, bit ahead of yeah. us. But they look like they're quite a bit ahead of us, probably because of their lifestyle. But it's just sad oh, when yeah. I see that. I mean, you, you I, think we used to party? Huh. Ah, no, 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 no. Not nah, like this. Nah. We, we were lightweight. I always had the ability to get my head together, thank God. No matter how far I took it the night before, I always had an ability to look at myself and go, dude, you need to slow down. If you don't, you're going to do, you're going to do stupid shit. So you better just uh, you better get it in check right now. And I know you have that ability too. But we all know people. Yeah. We yeah. all know good friends that did not have the ability. Some of them are alive. Some of them are in prison. Some of them are dead, unfortunately. So, anyhow, go ahead with your list. I'm sorry. Okay. Next up, Rod Stewart found a creative way to enjoy cocaine without damaging his voice. Homemade cocaine suppositories. Uh, yeah, the Stevie's approach allowed him to balance his love for the drug with his singing <laughs> And yes, I have heard that. Stevie I Nicks style is what they call it. Um, Stevie Nicks had a um, um, an, a, 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 an anal injector that injected her <laughs> cocaine anally because she destroyed her nose cavities from cocaine. This is not, I, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I read, the, I read this in enough reputable places, I do believe this to be true. I mean, um, I read it in, I don't know, quite a few magazines that this actually right. factually did happen. She had a handler that was in charge of anally injecting cocaine. And every time I've seen Fleetwood Mac, I've seen him three times, um, Stevie Nicks would leave the stage a large amount of times. She'd do a song, leave the stage for a minute, come back. Do a song, leave the stage for a minute, come back. And back then I was thinking, hmm, is she doing bumps of coke or something? Because what the hell is going on? And then I find out way later, uh, yeah, but not the way you're accustomed to. <laughs> it was so bad they call it SNS, Stevie Nicks style. So if you hear anyone go, yeah, I was doing cocaine, SNS, that means you're doing it I've never heard about Stevie doing it. Stevie but Nicks. I've heard about Rod Stewart doing it. Yeah, and also heard other things about Rod Stewart, but it was not true. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I forgot what someone that was like um, really mad at him. I, I read the story behind this. It was really interesting, believe it or not. Someone that was really mad at him started that rumor, and Rod Stewart, uh, Rod Stewart heard it. He said, "Keep, uh, keep spreading it." He goes, "This is great publicity." He didn't yeah. care. He didn't give a shit. He had the hottest chicks around him. He had all the money. He's like, I don't care if people think I did that. And it gets him to talk about me. So I was like, way to go, Rod. Oh boy, it did. Yeah, boy, it did. It did. Yes, it did. Because uh, everybody, when we were younger, thought that story was true. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. If, if you know the story we're talking about. Um, let's see. He, uh, if you're old band, enough to remember. Yeah, you know what? I'll just leave it at that because... Half of the audience is going to go, oh, yeah, I remember that. And the other half's going to go, and huh? Another half of you? Google Look it. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I'm interrupting your list. Okay, again, okay. One last one. All righty. Alternative rockers, the replacements, were infamous for their heavy drinking, leading to a band from Saturday Night Live. Guitarist Bob Stinson's extreme behavior contributed to his departure from the band and eventual death. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I wasn't really yeah. big on the replacements, but I had no idea about that. Okay. Wow. No, I, I didn't either until I read this. Huh. Well, that's uh, that's too bad. And that's, I mean, I, I've heard of them. I just, you know, not my kind of music. You know. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, I mean, I did like some of their stuff, but really, most of it was not my stuff either. So, but I knew about them. I knew about their antics and found them intriguing. It's just the music wasn't my style that I liked. So I get you, Rob. I was the same way. So, anyhow, man, thank oh. you. Oh, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. and one other thing. Yes. Opal. Hi, Grandma Opal. Opal, yep. Grandma Opal, thank you for listening. We love you. You're awesome. Grandma Opal from Garden City, Kansas. and her Dodge City. Dodge City. Oh, was it Dodge City? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Dodge it City. It was Dodge City. Okay. Grandma Opal from Dodge City. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's our, she's a lot of our hits on RSS. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I, we keep getting a lot from there, so it's got to be Grandma Opal and probably her son. And her son is a great guy. He emailed me a couple of times, and he said that cool. he said he can uh, maybe like if she wants to go on the air, if she wants to, he'll probably interp interpret it for both. You know, he'll he'll tell her in person, hey. They said they really like you and thank you for listening. And have you got any thoughts of wisdom? And then she would say, "Yeah, you know, uh, we're so, a rubber." So in other words, she would be on air with us, and she would be right there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so yeah. as long as you put her on speaker, you know, we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think he will. If it pans out, great. But he said he's got to be over there on a weekend in the evening. Um, he does go right, there on the right. weekends to uh, help her out on everything that she could get done during the week and bring her groceries and stuff like that. Because Dude, you she, are a great guy in my mind. He is because she loves mind. living on her own. You she, are a great guy. You take care of your grandma. Yes. And he said that uh, uh, that she uh, she loves her independence so much that if she didn't have it, he thinks that like she would just, you know, probably... Um, not you know, 
not do so well. So anyhow, um, you know, he's giving her her independence, and uh, and letting and and at the same time making sure that she has plenty of everything that she needs and everything is done around the house. So uh, anyhow, he never did give me his name though. I'm gonna ask him. Email me your name, whoever you are, uh, and uh, Grandma Opal, we love you. So. No, I, I, I think no, I think you said it on the. On the first, first one, mentioned it. Okay, I'll go back to my emails because I still have them online. The ones I printed out, I, I, I threw away a long you, time. I think I'm pretty sure you mentioned it when you first mentioned this. Uh, you know what? I probably did because uh, yeah. Uh, um, only a few names stand out, like Ruth Ann, because she was so mad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and stuff like that. I mean, the other way, Jeffy X, you know, the people yeah, from Montrose. Ruth Ann's going to go down in the Hall of Fame of this show. Yes. Okay, I'm going to see to it. Oh, and there's a big groundswell, a grassroots uh, effort to get her in the ass paddling and in the Hall of Fame. I have two more emails uh, demanding uh, her be paddled. Yeah. Rob will not I let it happen. So. I'm sorry. No, he is a Ruth. I will not let it happen. Even though Ruth Hand She is my friend. Ruth Ann turned her back on Rob to hurt me. He still will not turn his back on her. Rob, you're a true friend. Unlike Ruth Ann. So um anyhow. Um you know Reese's uh, peanut butter cups are pretty awesome, right? Oh, dude, that's my favorite candy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If I get, if I buy any candy, uh -huh. I'm not a candy eater. But it, yeah, Reese's peanut butter cups. That's it. Well, I, I, I even make a chocolate pie and I spread peanut butter in the graham cracker shell. Oh, it's awesome. Ooh, oh, that sounds good. And then add whipped top. Yeah, you don't even have to cook it. Well, Reese's has come up with a new peanut butter cake, and it's called Nothing Bunt Cakes. And uh, anyhow, it's a peanut butter chocolate bunt cake, and it's going to be available next Halloween for a limited time. And you ha and it looks like you're going to have to order it online. So I'll you, be watching. Yeah, me too. That sounds uh, that that sounds pretty good to me. And. Um, um, we have oh, hey, I, I could make my own. That's what I thought, too. You now that really they gave me the idea, I could make my own. I, I would make my own and also try one of theirs, because I bet you one of theirs is really good. Wouldn't you think? Oh, since you're talking about cake, did you know that you can make a cake in a crock pot? No. Really? I used to do it. Yep. Huh. Uh, you know what? Not on air because uh, uh, let, let me let me. I'll get there. Anybody that's interested, yes, you can make a cake in a crock pot. I will get the recipe and I'll bring it out on the next podcast. Either that or just put it up on our Facebook page, Two Deuce Bags and a Microphone. Uh, how about both? How about both? You put it on the page and you also tell it. All right. Okay, that way if people don't remember, they'll they can go back to that and get it as a reference. So, which I yeah, with with all my time off I've had, I still ain't made that to work it on the Facebook page. So, 
Uh, you know what? I mean, it, everything here is a process because everything we do is in our spare time. I mean, we, we have lives. Right, we right, have right, full-time right. jobs. Um, we have stuff we have to do, like tomorrow the floor guy's coming in because a new slab that was uh, screwed up that they had to fix. Right. We have this, uh, it's called river, river gravel, pea gravel uh, coating yeah. put on the top of it. Well, when they yeah. had to dig into it to to um, fasten the two slabs together, like I described before, they had to tear all that up. They had to tear it all out. So the uh, the uh, guy from Patriot Coating is, is coming back out tomorrow to redo that spot, and the foundation company um, are they're going to pay for it. So um, you know, relatively happy after all the crap that happened earlier this year. It seems like maybe finally this is going to be done. So, anyhow, he's coming over yeah. tomorrow. I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so, anyhow. That's been a big battle for you. Yes. He has a lot of weight off your shoulders, so. Yeah, because it's been uh, really stressful for about a year and a half now, because that's how long it took to get get uh, two slabs put on the house and a coating. Uh, and anyhow, you know, I'm not even going to go into it, so. And I'm not going to dog the company or nothing like that, because, you know what, they may they made it good so I'm good. yeah they made it good yeah um, no, no sense of putting them down no 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 um, and if accidents happen I would mention them on the podcast but everything has been so sensitive and we're at odds with each other so much I don't feel comfortable saying anything they may not want to even yeah. be associated with it because everything was screwed up right Patriot Codings didn't screw anything up they did wonderful but I'm not going to mention the other, the foundation company, because they did screw a lot of stuff up. They made it good, but if I mention their name, it's going to seem like they're not a good company, which I think they are. So I'm not. That's why I'm not mentioning their name. So I totally understand that. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it would be coming wrong. from the construction world. I totally understand. Yeah, because they did, they did right, and they honored everything. So anyhow. Um, uh, you know that uh, Tua Tago Viola is getting a lot of criticism, right? He usually does. Yes, he does. Oh, uh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I said, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows. Well, this criticism <laughs> is a little different. Okay. All the sports talk shows, we know this, all the sports talk shows are... Oh, he's soft. He can't get it done. He's weak. Um, he he uh, he drops the ball in clutch times. He can't deliver that clutch pass and all this. Okay, uh, so we got all of that right. And I mean, in all fairness, they are a Miami team, and they were in like um, what was it? The uh, wind chill was like twenty five below when they're playing the game. Twenty twenty five thirty below. Yeah. Yeah. Windchill. So okay. in Kansas City, yeah, in Kansas City, Tyreek Tyreek Hill knew what he was coming into. He played and he admitted it. Yeah. It was worse than what he thought. So. It it was horrid. It was horrid because I had to do a couple of things out in the yard that took more than ten minutes. And I'll tell you what, it was horrid. I don't think I've ever experienced cold on that level before. It was a different kind of cold. Yeah, I mean, there's a cold that goes through you. Yes, I know this, but this was like. A cold that would, a type of cold that would engulf you and take all your air away. I mean, it was just, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how people stood out there. So, 
I've been watch, I've been binge watching Ice Horse Truckers. Oh geez, that show is just for something, dude. And no, the temperatures, you know, they get thirty. They're like 30, 40 below. Yeah, they so do. The temperature that night was not far off that. Yeah, yeah. I I used to watch that show all the time, and I found it very stressful. So I stopped watching it. <laughs> I so, love it, dude. It keeps me on the edge of my seat. Oh, uh, that's cool. I mean, me, I took it personally. I was sitting there on the edge of my seat. Oh, dude, man, you're. Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> so anyhow, um, it was a good show though. So, um, anyhow, the, Tua Tagovailoa is uh, getting a lot of criticism, not because of his play on the field, but what he did after the game going to Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes approached Miami's Tua Tagovailoa on the field and waited a second as LeJarrius Sneak finished his conversation with the Dolphins quarterback. Mahomes then congratulated Tua Tagovailoa who led the NFL with 4,624 passing yards on a hell of a season. Tag Viola asked for Mahomes' jersey after the game, but the jersey had been promised to someone else, but Mahomes promised to send him a signed and autographed jersey in the mail. The reason he's getting criticism is fans are saying that he is appearing soft because he's a, he's a homer or a mark for uh, Patrick Mahomes, they say that you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be that enamored with a current player that um, that you're soft and you're weak. And I I I don't think that's the truth at all. I think that he's a fan of Mahomes, which a lot of people are. And there's been other people yeah. asking for his jersey before. It's just that Tago Viola is getting a lot of criticism right now, and he's getting piled on. And uh, and anyhow, I that to me was unfair. Maybe some of the other stuff you want to say about he, you know, he's not clutch. He doesn't. If if it's a winning record team, he can't win. Um, if you rush him, he freaks out. Maybe some of that might be true. There might be some truth to that. But this right here is nitpicking. So to me, if you're gonna say something about the guy, don't say something like that about oh he, he shouldn't have asked for his. Uh, Jersey, I think that's a very nice compliment that he gave Mahomes doing that, and I think it's a very yeah. nice gesture. And Mahomes didn't take any offense to that at all. Mahomes is like, you know what? I promised this jersey to someone else, and uh, but I will send you one. So I, I think yeah. it's fantastic that they have camaraderie like that, and that he has an admiration for Mahomes, and Mahomes seems to well, like him well too. Okay, I haven't said nothing yet, but I have been noticing a lot of that going on in the NFL. There has the been. quarterback players are exchanging jerseys. I think it's right more on the field after the game. I think some of it may be for their kids because uh, I think what did I read was it Peyton Manning? He got some jerseys from Mahomes when he was uh, I forgot he was doing some stuff with Mahomes. And uh, yeah. he got some jerseys for his sons because his sons are like nuts about him. Um, Henry Winkler got in, uh, got into Patrick Mahomes because his sons were into him, and that's how he, you know, he never wasn't he he wasn't even into football before before Mahomes. So okay, okay, keep that name in your head for after the next break. Henry Winkler. 
Yes. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, anyway, keep going. Okay. Um, so anyhow, I think it's unjust criticism on that one. You may say a lot of yeah, things I about him, but I think that I that's nitpicking and leave him alone. So real quick, I want to mention this. Aldi announced that the company has become the first major U.S. retailer to eliminate plastic shopping bags. Remember our articles we've been doing for a long time, it started with Topher, about how um, microplastics and nanoplastics are everywhere and they're going through us yes. and they can identify as cells? Well, as it's a human a cell... We, yeah. You just talked about that. The, yeah, day. the water bottles. Well, Aldi's starting to do something about it. They're eliminating all plastic bags, which is a good start. Shoppers will need Aldi's to bring. Did? Yeah, Aldi's did. Um, shoppers. Who goes to Aldi? Yes, uh, and Aldi's a good store. I mean, a lot of people dog them. Oh, it's cheap stuff or something like that. You know what? Some people, that's all they can afford. It's a good thing. Some people, that's what they can I, afford. I used, and it's I quality. I did maintenance on Aldi's. I got a bathroom. For for. Uh, they said my family. For cheaper stuff, it's quality stuff, and I think it's great that they offer healthy forms of food to lower income people. Yeah, they do. It, it, it's a good thing. So shoppers will need to bring their reusable bags or purchase a reusable bag at the checkout. The supermarket chain said its goal was to remove all plastic shopping bags from its stores by the end of 2023, and they seem to appear to have done it. So. Aldi, we salute you. And we're going to be right back in a couple of minutes with some more stuff. We'll talk to you guys in a minute. As much fun as an electric can opener to the scrotum, two juice bags and a microphone. They about what's just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. The wild violet is an unsung hero. Most people don't realize that the flower can be stewed to make a delicious vinegar for the fresh greens that can be picked in your front yard. Violet soap can be easily made as well. The flower is full of many essential minerals as well as vitamin A, C, and E. It is literally one of the first superfoods. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Let's see here, a package of 8 hot dogs, a package of 10 hot dog buns. I would have to buy 10 packs of hot dogs and 8 packs of buns to even it out. Should I buy them at once? Should I freeze them? Or just continue to zigzag them and hope for the best? I hate adulting. Hey look, I think we found land. Oh my god, I think we're safe. Oh no! It's the island of horrible jokes. Where do polar bears keep their money? In a snowbank. <laughs> when taking a shower, remember to scrub your asshole with soapy water. Because nobody likes a stinky asshole. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. You have the personality of a soggy newspaper. 
Why two douchebags and a microphone? Because two fucknuts and a recorder was taken. Two douchebags and a microphone. My name is Mark. And I'm Rob. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, I got a uh, I got a story about Mick Mars and the lawsuit that he filed against Motley Crue. We've oh, been, cool. Yeah, we've been following this for quite a while, and I think it. Yeah, we have, we have, we have. Um, anyone that is uh, um, that listens program for any time at all knows that we are in Mick's, Mick Mars' side all the way. We think that Mick Mars, in yes. our opinion, was done wrong, and it's bullshit, and uh, and they're trying to X him out of all this money, when he was the guy that probably came up with all this music because um, um, by all these articles I read, Doc McGee, um, Nikki Six, you know, when Doc McGee was, Doc McGee was going to produce uh, Dr. Feelgood, Nikki Six didn't even know how to play bass. He didn't play them on the first three or four albums. Someone else played on those, according to the articles that I read. So, who came up with the music? It wasn't Nicky Six. He couldn't play. It had to be Mick Mars. And them doing that to him, in our opinion, was shitty and not right. And just downright, just uh, um, um, a nasty, uh, a nasty way of doing things, right? Yeah. Yeah, just low budget, dirty, nasty. So, anyhow, I've got a follow up. Um, Mick Mars scored a victory in his ongoing legal battle with Motley Crue Tuesday when a Los Angeles. This is from Rolling Stone Online, by the way. Okay. When a Los Angeles judge agreed that the rock veterans had unjustly refused to cough up the dirt on its wide ranging business dealings as it simultaneously sought to oust its founding guitarist early last year. In a new court ruling obtained by Rolling Stone, the judge said the band's stonewalling left Mars with no choice but to sue for the corporate documents last April. The, Lo- the Los Angeles judge noted that after the filing, the band took eight months to make a final sizable document dump to Mars last month. Citing the, de- the delay, the judge ruled that Mars is now entitled to have the band cover his legal bills. The requests were now uh, were not burdensome, yet Mars was compelled to file suit, and it appears uh, plain that production would not have occurred without it. Mars is entitled to attorney fees, Los Angeles Superior Court James C. Sheffold said in his Tuesday ruling. The judge noted that when the band produced some of the requested documents on November 2nd, it gave assurances this was all of the responsive documents in Motley Crue's possession. That proved to be wrong, Judge Chafalk uh, wrote, pointing, pointing to articles of incorporation and income tax returns that only arrived among 1,372 pages of records delivered in early December. So, what this means, I could read on, but I think everyone could kind of get what that means, you know. What it means yeah. is, Mick Mars is having his, uh, by having to go out of his way, to get all the documents 
cost him all this money in legal, this means that Motley Crue had to pay his legal to do that because they would not cough up the documents necessary and they stonewalled and took a long time is what this judge is saying. What they were doing That's only right. Yes. That's only right. And this is key for the whole case because if that went Mars's way, I don't see how anything else could not go Mars's way because um, all these documents in the stonewalling would prove that they're hiding something, in my opinion, right? Wouldn't you think that? If you had yeah, nothing to... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Go, uh, go ahead, Rob. They're they're taking credit for stuff he has done. Yes, and I think... As uh, a group. Yes. And then they want to give him the boot and yeah. take, still take the credit. No, that's just wrong. I, I, I just don't understand where this mindset came from because... Nikki Six used to be one of my idols. I just loved the guy. I just thought he was so cool. And he was the anti-everything that I hated uh, about corporate America and all that. And he was like the outlaw, the guy that waved his middle finger at everybody and said, no, I'm going to do things my way. Fuck you all. And then all of a sudden, this thing that he said he was never going to be, he is. Litigious, stick in the mud. Trying to, this is all my opinion, trying to screw people over, being an asshole, having uh, uh, inflated opinions of everything and of yourself. You know, um, it's, uh, you know, having someone like him comment like on Twitter, X, whatever, about morality or him saying something, and I'm not, this isn't pro or, tr- or uh, con Trump, but him saying something about Trump. I'm looking at him and thinking, dude, wait a minute. What the fuck are you doing? You know? Right. Yeah. Who are you to be pointing fingers when you're sitting there screwing this guy over that you're supposed to have started this band with that you could have never even got close to if it wasn't for that guy's brilliance on guitar? And it's insane to think that someone would even try to do that. So I think go Mick Mars, and I can't wait till he runs him in the ground. Uh, one of his two new songs, one of them is okay. The second song, uh, The Right Side of Wrong, is, uh, is brilliant. And if all of the songs are somewhere around that line, he's already beat Motley Crue in the last 15, 20 years with two songs. He had two quality songs out when Motley Crue has not had a quality song, in my opinion, in 25 years. They don't even write music anymore, I don't think. I think that's what John, uh, John 5 is there for, to write music. Because it, it's, just, it's just been a bunch of garbage what they've done. And then everything he's done outside of Motley Crue has been garbage. So, anyhow, Motley Crue will never have a hit again because they cannot write them. Unless John Five figures it out and figures out the formula, you're not gonna you're not gonna get another song probably from Motley Crue. And if you do, the last two songs they're gonna be those horrible songs like that that they claim, oh, it's 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 so good, it's so heavy, it's so dark, it's so brooding. No, it's just not really no. good music. You've heard it, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. What What do yeah, you think? It's, it, it, it's not Motley. No, it's not that good, and it's not Motley. And the reason it's not Motley is because it's not Mick Mars. Mick Mars's guitar is what made Motley Crew. From uh, Too Fast. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. 
So, anyhow, um, I think that's a major victory for McMars, and I say yay. I'm very happy for him, and I hope he wins this whole thing, because I think, in my opinion, he has been done horribly. And I hope he gets his just and his money, and, uh, and uh, Motley has to leave with egg on their face. I know they got some from this ruling. So, anyhow, pretty cool. Um... So, Rob, uh, you went back to work today after a little hiatus. Uh, everything went pretty well, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of crazy. We were off for two and a half weeks around Christmas. Christmas to New Year's. Went mm -hmm. back on the third. We worked three days. Had two days off for the weekend. And then we worked five days. And we had four days off because of the cold weather that past couple of days. Yeah, and, and I mean really, it was like what we talked about, you know, a lot of yeah. manufacturers do this this time of year. And Which simply, we don't get because we work in a shop with heaters. Why couldn't we work? Well, here here's, I, I, I told you what I knew about it, you know, being around the industry for 37 years, not quite that industry, but other uh, you know, that type of work kind of uh, construction out in the field. Okay, whenever a shop hires somebody, it's my understanding, after you do everything and get everything done, the interviews, the background checks, the payroll, everything done, it costs about $10,000. And um, I, I, I remember an old boss telling me this. He said, you know, he said, the problem is we could lay these people off, Right. But we don't want right, to right. because we train these people and someone else is going to get them. He said nine times out of ten, they get another job. And then when you call, they're like, well, you guys laid me off. I ain't going back there. You know, th this guy's giving me work all the time. So, it, you know, they don't get the guy back. So they, they spent $10,000 hiring this guy, trained him, and then he goes somewhere else to work. They consider that right. like wasting money. So the way you do right. around that is like what you said, you know, that they'll give you a couple of days off here and there, and then you go get unemployment if you wish. And it's a great way to get around laying people off until the busy season hits again. So Yeah, yeah, and it, see, that that's what they're doing. They yeah. got us signed up for work share through unemployment. Uh -huh. So we work two, three days. They lay us off for two, three days. Uh -huh. so unemployment gives us our money. It just... Unfortunately, they give you sixty percent of your daily wage. Oh, I didn't know that. Day. It wasn't a hundred percent. Oh so. yeah, oh. yeah. No, no. It's like sixty percent, dude. Oh. And then okay. if you opt to have taxes taken out of it, like I do, that way I can stay on the up and up. Yeah, you don't want to owe it any year. Ten percent for taxes, so you're down to fifty percent. I just had two days off. I'm going to collect on. I'm going to collect one day's pay. One day pay. Okay, I didn't so I'm know still that. Short of that. Now I see what the problem is, Rob. I didn't know that. But, 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 you know, I, you got to give it to the company. They're at least trying to help us. Yeah, they are trying now, to keep yeah, We working. are, we are a little slow right now. We have some work, so you know, we could kind of afford to take a couple of days off. Chances are they're just like waiting for work, these work. Uh, spring orders to come in. They usually probably come in late February, March, when people start getting that itch. Oh, hey, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Summer's yeah. around the corner. People are going to start buying boats. Uh, so we got to get, oh, hey, here's a couple of orders. And all of a sudden you're in the busy yeah. season again. So, yeah, I get it. 
Yeah, I mean, we yeah, we still have orders going out. It's not, we're not going. I actually get to kind of relax, you know, and take my time right now. Kind of enjoying it. It might ruin me. Because <laughs> when things take up, I'm not going to be ready to pick up. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Well, uh, by then, by then, I'll have another birthday. My birthday's March 5th. I'll be okay. 55. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I, it's time for me to start slowing down a little bit. But, but oh, yeah. I can yeah. still kick ass when I need to, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I mean, um, you're lucky at 55 you're able to do what you were doing at uh, at a much younger age. So that's, there's a lot yeah, to accept Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, in related uh, news, uh, trying to make ends meet and trying to live and everything, they came out with an interesting study a couple weeks ago. It's about Gen Z and about how they are all moving in with each other or with family or whatever because of the price of housing. Listen to this. 31% of Gen Z live at home with a parent or family member. 24% of renters in America say they can no longer afford their rent. 38% of renters are sacrificing necessities to pay their rent, including older generations. The rising cost of housing is keeping many Gen Zers from living on their own. A recent credit card survey in 1,249 U.S. adults found that 31% of Gen Z live at home with a parent or other family members, and this number could go up. Among Gen Zers, that have uh, left the nest, 27% told Credit Karma that they can no longer afford their rent. The struggle to make the rent is... Oh, go ahead, what? No, no, I was just just simply going to say, I totally understand that. Yes, I I mean, this is a very... Being somebody somebody that rents. I don't own, I rent. this This is a horrible problem, and it's a very complex problem. Um, for one thing, you want our dollar to be valuable, you can't be printing all this money that they're doing. And you right. print this money, it's just not worth that much. It's just like, uh, um, you know, there's plenty of copper, you know. I mean, well, I think the price of copper went up. There's not that much gold. There's not that many ruby, rubies or emeralds, uh, titanium. The stuff that really commands money is not that prevalent. You just don't flood the market with it. And we have been flooding the market with this uh, fake money, pretty much, for years and years and years. And it's getting to where our money is getting worthless. And people that don't understand this, um, I, I, you know, you really need to start looking um, at the economy and how money works and how the dollar works and how it goes up against the rest of the country. Because this is a serious thing. And it's only going to yeah, get worse. Yeah. Inflation and the cost of housing and nobody being able to afford anything it's getting worse because nobody nobody is trying to curb spending right now and it's very scary okay so uh, rising housing costs aren't just impacting America's youngest adults in total 24% of American adults regardless of age can no longer afford to pay their rent according to this survey so that's 24% of adults cannot pay their rent, Rob. 
That's almost one. I quarter. can understand that. I I can understand that. That's scary as hell. One quarter of America cannot pay their rent. One quarter of them. And while that percentage is more pronounced among Gen Z, it is highest among millennials, 30% of whom told Credit Karma they can no longer make rent. 10% of America, Americans 69 and older say they are struggling to make rent payments. Multiple factors have contributed to rising housing prices, including inflation, like I was saying, a boom in yes. demand, and low inventory, according to bank rate. While rent prices... Okay, are, look. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts at the end. Okay. Go ahead. I only have a little bit more to go. While rent prices okay. have uh, slightly dropped, the median cost of housing is still too much for many Americans. The median housing rent fell from 1937 a month in March last year, according to the real estate outlet, but without very much. It only it only fell like a few dollars. And um, quite frankly, that's just not going to do it. So, Rob, go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, my thoughts. Um, companies want to pay you $17, $18 an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe 20 if you're lucky. Yeah. Correct? Correct. That's okay. probably on average. Well, I don't know about the city... But down here, the average two-bedroom apartment, eight fifty, nine fifty a month. That's cheap for up here, Rob. And, 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 and you get up to like twelve hundred for a two-bedroom. Yeah, I see where they are coming from. In order to do that, do you, buy, you have to have you, like three incomes. You still income. got to be able to pay your car insurance, your fuel, and everything to get back and forth to work. Plus, you got to eat. You gotta have your life. I understand. I understand one hundred percent. Utilities are up considerably, and that's everything is up. That's the next. Everything. That's the next thing that I'm going to look at and do a study on. Look, I I know we tell dick jokes and fart jokes here, but every now and then we can be serious, right? We gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, we're pre look when we take our break. You're going to hear like. Uh, um, Island of horrible jokes and uh, strange insults from aliens and uh, you know deep thoughts with Mark and uh, Rob Ranning and stuff like that. You're going to still hear the what we think is funny stuff, okay? But we can do serious segments in between. And um, anyhow, my next report is probably going to be um, um, how the the difference of how much money you need to make to actually live in a two-bedroom apartment. Like, let's say it's you and your kid, okay? So yeah. you're divorced, and you have you That's and your son, is. okay? And to live there, how much money you have to have, not including the childhood expenses. So... Anyhow, that's going to be a few ones down because before then, we got the hairy asshole Olympics coming back, Rob. I know. I'm working on my list. Oh, I got one. I got one that, dude, you're going to really appreciate. <laughs> it was brilliant. I actually, uh, well, I actually woke up. coming back tonight. I ain't done yet. No, no, no. I'm not done yet either. I still have like five more names. But um, Oh, and, oh, by the way, yeah. throw a band in there. We need a band. Oh, I already have. I have Alice two. Alice and Chains are getting lonely. 
<laughs> the only band went. We only had band one. Yeah. So, um, I've got we two. Gotta, we we got to start adding bands. I've got two bands I'll in there. Change the lonely dude. One band is just going to fight regular people, and the other band I'm proud of it is going to go in, against Alice in Chains and whoever you got. So, well, well, what I was saying, we put our bands up against each other, and you know. Okay. All right. Okay, we can do that. So anyhow, I'm thinking maybe I'll come up with a band. You come up with a band. Winner. Whenever we do our. I'll, I'll tell you what, Rob. Celebrity show, our Hall of Fame show, mm -hmm. they go up against each other. Yes. That's what I was saying. I've been a little and, slow yeah, on... Yeah, we need to start having bands, too. Yeah, I've been a little slow on ass paddlings this month, and I apologize. They, the, There's still plenty of people that need ass paddlings, and I will get to them. Um, believe me, yeah. we, will, we will not miss them. So... Uh, Anyhow, so, um, and we got the Hairy Asshole Olympics coming up, so we still have plenty of bullshit for you guys. I mean, we're not this serious all oh, the time. Oh, we do. So just calm down if you're like, hey, guys, what the hell are you doing? So, um, anyhow, um, let's go ahead and take our first break, and let's come back with some other stuff. That sound good, Rob? I know you got a list or two you want to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll cover that when we come back. All righty, guys. We'll talk to you in a minute. Think about what's just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. Hi all, this is Mark here. I'm usually the one telling you what to eat during an apocalypse. Well, this time I decided to go the other way. You ever consider just going to ground zero and saying fuck it? Do you really want to be the guy running around looking for radioactive deer guessing whether water is not contaminated or not. No food, no shelter, no nothing. Oh no, there's a strong argument that says, you know what, let's just go to Crown Zero and see what's for us after. Just a thought. Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than... Listen to two douchebags in microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. Brick Shithouse Energy Drink. That's right. Brick Shithouse Energy Drink. Make me a girl. Chew off your balls. You want to shut up? Please enjoy Brick Shithouse Energy Drink responsibly. It's not readily available anywhere because of liability issues. And a microphone. That's right. Two douchebags and a microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. The reason I did that two times is because I think that it clipped on me at first. And if it didn't, then you're going to hear me say that two times. That's simple. Now, Rob has a story. Yeah, I do. And for us older folks, it's going to take us back a ways. And it's something that I didn't know. Me neither. 
Ron Howard nearly left Happy Days after Henley Winkler's popularity changed the course of the show. Howard almost quit when producers floated the idea of calling the hit show Fonzie's Happy Days in an effort to capitalize on fans' love for Winkler's character, Arthur Herbert the Fonz Fonzarelli. They came to me at ABC and they wanted to change the title to Fonzie's Happy Days, Winkler told the New York Times. I said, if you do that, it's an insult to everybody I'm working with. Why fix something that isn't broken? We are really good. I live in the family and that's why I'm successful. I'm asking you, if you never listen to me again, leave it alone. Howard told producers he would leave even though he was contractually obligated to continue filming the show. But I told him if you really want to change the name of the show to that, I would rather go back to USC and film school and what I was doing before the show launched, he recalled. Wow. Wink. Winkler previously shared how his rise to popularity tested his friendship with Howard, who starred as Richie Cunningham on the show. Mm -hmm. I was very aware never to be less than respectful to him. Winkler told Fox News Digital, I always carefully I was always careful not to flaunt anything that was happening to me on the sound stage in front of the cast members, including him. I'm lucky. My character's popularity was happening, but I was a member of an ensemble which was higher than bragging. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I oh, oh, and just said, to see, you know, yeah. that was on Fox News. Yeah, you said Fox Digital, so I figured that was Fox News. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that they actually thought about changing that. Well, and also, it kind of shows you that Ron Howard had even had an ego uh, back then, being Richie Cunningham. I mean, um, well, yeah, well, see, that that's the thing. He was supposed to be the star of the show, but Fonzie's character took off. Uh, it, it took, yeah, it, it, it took over everything because his persona was so larger than life. I mean, everyone went around and said, hey, sit on it, and all this yeah, stuff that he did, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, we were young and, and just thought that was so cool. He, you know, he greased his hair back, wore leather, and was the anti-everything. Uh, anti he was the rebel. He was yeah, the, the rebel. rebel. Yep. And... Uh, and it was he had a very cool character. Uh, so, anyhow, I mean, Ron Howard was only the only thing he had under his belt was Richie Cunningham, and he already had an ego. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I just find that interesting at that level that he had an ego like that, to where he's like, you know, hey guys, you change your name and uh, and I'm out. So, anyhow, it worked. They listened to him because when yeah, Ron Howard did leave and they brought his stupid cousin in, the show was done. 
Although, oh, yeah, it was. although that's where the net, when Fonzie jumped the shark, that's where the term oh. jumping the shark comes from. Like the it, it's ruined now. The yeah. show's ruined. It's like, oh hey man, do you watch that new um uh, you know that sitcom? And someone goes, oh man, it jumped the shark. What it, what it's referring yep. to is Fonzie jumping the shark. That's when most people consider that we're fans of the show. That that the show officially pretty much should have ended and it it was done. So, I think it was done a little bit yeah, before yeah, jumping the yeah, shark. Yeah, the shark should have ate him on that one. Yeah, yeah. So my opinion. Nope. And then they did Joni loves Chachi and that yeah that that blew. So anyhow, um, have you ever wondered where like some of these old um, sayings came from? Like, uh, you know, I I did this stuff like stitching time saves nine, right? And stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got some more of these that, that hopefully people cool. will find um, interesting. Have you heard the term cook someone's goose? Yes, I have. Yeah. Or someone's goose is cooked, it means they're done. It's like, oh, man, yeah, they're done yeah. now. Yeah, his goose is cooked. The origin... The most commonly written about origin is that when a man called Jan Hus, H-U-S, an early 15th century century uh, uh, religion, yeah, okay, let me try that again. An early 15th century religious reformer was on his deathbed and proclaimed that his goose would now be cooked, supposedly Hus translated as goose in English. Okay. Yeah, so he said this goose is cooked. So he said he was dying. Yeah, pretty much. So that is where that originated. So how about make it a beeline? That means like you're going somewhere with a purpose, right? Like... Uh, Yeah, 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 I've kind of wondered that. Yeah, yeah, like let's say someone come by and and grabbed your wallet, okay? And uh, someone saw him and they go, yeah, yeah, I I seen uh, Jimmy over there uh, grab your wallet. You make a beeline to them. I mean, you're just like they're on a mission. You got to go get that. You're like, hey, what the hell did you do? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, make a beeline, meaning head straight for someone, something with unwavering purpose. Origin, as you'd imagine, this comes from the behavior of bees. When a forager bee discovers a source of uh, nectar, it comes back to the hive to let the others know where to go. It performs a waggle dance. The angle of the waggle shows the direction of the source and the length of the run shows the distance from yeah. the hive. So that yeah. is where make a beeline. You knew that? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, I, 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 I know that about bees. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that makes that just makes sense. I mean... It, yeah, it, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew where that originated from. I kind of figured it was something about bees, but I didn't know for sure, so. Okay, how about crocodile tears, right? And that means someone's faking like they're sad or something. Right, you know? right. Yeah, so. Crying crocodile tears. Yep. Meaning, like politicians do a lot of crocodile tears. No, 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 no. Televangelists do a lot of crocodile tears. Okay. Meaning, tears leave are... It, leave it. Yeah, just we're go just, on. No, no, no. I'm not mentioning any names. Everyone has their I name. know, I know. Just go on. Just yeah. go on. Okay. Okay. Meaning, t- 
We were, I we went over. Well, I went overboard last night. <laughs> tears that are believed to be unreal, not through remorse. Origin in ancient times, where uh, there was a notion that crocodiles wept while they ate their prey. While it's true they have the ability to produce tears, they do so purely to lubricate their eyes, not through sadness or remorse. <laughs> So, uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, people thought because their eyes were tearing up that they felt bad for eating their prey. No, they're lubricating their eyes, dumbasses. <laughs> Come on, crocodiles. How the hell are they going to feel bad about eating? They're not going to because they're yeah. doing what they're supposed yeah. to do naturally. They find their prey and they eat it. That's what they do. That's how they stay alive. They don't feel bad about that. You know, it's just a way right. of life. It's just like you and I go grab a burger down somewhere. We don't think about it. We're like, oh man, hey, uh, yeah. uh, where are you gonna get? Uh, I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get the number three. Uh, I think I'm gonna get the number seven. You know, um, same thing with them. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. They're eating to stay alive. So, cold turkey, meaning. Suddenly withdraw from something a person is addicted to without preparation. Origin. Yes. Another pesky wisdom without a clear history, but one with a few interesting possibilities. One suggestion is that it comes from the idea that cold turkey is a meal that requires little preparation. Another is that it's a reference to the time after Christmas when cold turkey is traditionally eaten signaling the end of festive period during which many people drink too much. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, okay, yeah. the, the last one I have here, and I never heard this too much. I heard it in passing, but I never really knew what it meant. I'll ask you. Cock and bull story. Yeah, I'd like to, I, I want to hear this one too. Yeah, I've never heard it used that much where I was at, but I do know it was some uh, sort of a, you know. Back, back with my dad and his buddies, I heard it. Okay. It was more of way back in the day. You know what, I think you're right. It was an olden saying. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a stitch in time saves nine was an old right. saying. I mean, it was a real old saying. So, okay. Well, anyhow, uh, cock and bull story, meaning uh, an unbelievable story thought to be made up. Origin. Based on the meaning of this idiom, we were uh, quite happy to discover that there are plenty of stories around the origin of this phrase. Many of them unbelievable. One suggests the phrase comes from a time when coaches used to carry travelers to two ends, the cock and the bull. Along the old London Road, the Stony Stratford rivalries between the occupants of the inns arose, and these resulted in boastful tales of being told. So that one's kind of, eh, okay. Um, I can't say I really necessarily believe any of those two. They really didn't really punch through or make that much sense to me. What about you? All I can say is I'm not even touching this story. Okay, there we go. So, uh, I can make too much damn fun of it. 
Go ahead. I didn't like it at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. And finally I mean, here. Come on, come on. That's too easy. Cock and bull. It is too come easy. On. You're right. Too easy. Yep. Um, okay, I got one last thing for us here. And I was supposed to get this a long time ago, but anyhow, I'm just going to go ahead and shove it out there, um, and hopefully you guys appreciate it. Ozzy Osbourne says he can't have any more surgery. I've had seven surgeries in five years. Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne, along with their children, Jack and Kelly, have released the 18th episode of their Revive podcast. Ozzy is joined by friend Billy Morrison, for an electrifying episode diving deep into the essence of rock and roll. From heart-stopping tour tales to candid conversations about addiction, battles, and the ever-involving music scene. This episode unearths the unseen facets, their storied careers. Get ready for rock and roll revelations and reminisce about reflecting about changing landscape of rock. So, anyhow, um, Ozzy said that reflecting on the last surgery, he had in September 2023. Ozzy said, when I came out of surgery, I said to Sharon, whatever I'm going to be at right now, that's it. I can't have any more surgery. I've had seven surgeries in five years. He added, it's a slow recovery. I'm not as young as I used to be, so the recovery, like uh, anything, is going to take much longer than it used to. Also, um, Ozzy voiced his uh, desire to get back on stage in 2024, saying, I'm going to try my hardest to get well and do a few gigs. So, anyhow, and in addition to that, this article did go into that, but one of the problems that Ozzy had was when they went in for the spinal surgery, they found a tumor. Yeah. And they had to dig the tumor out, which is not an easy surgery. So he... Okay, uh, well, I, I just read a story about the tumor. Oh, go I, ahead. I, I did not... I did not read the story you were saying. Okay, go it. go ahead. Yeah, please. I read about it. No, no, I'm just saying. I, I read that, yeah, he had a tumor. Oh, okay, I got you. It just wasn't anything. It was a totally different story. Well, there's a lot of stories about, around about him having a tumor because people reported it because he actually came out with it earlier this year. He didn't come out with it last year. He finally talked about it this year saying, hey, they also found a tumor in there. But I believe it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's benign. I, I just read this like a couple days ago. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's benign because they haven't said anything about it. Oh, shit, I got to go in for chemotherapy or nothing. So I think it's a benign tumor, but still they had to dig it out of his spine, which can't be easy. So, anyhow. Um, That's why he's walking with a cane. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, anyhow, that's the end of this podcast. Um Hey, uh, can I throw in one more story? Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's a little uh, time sensitive. No, go ahead. Tony Orlando is hanging up the mic. Following a career that has spanned more than six decades, the musician is stepping away from the road on Monday announcing the Tony, Tony Orlando farewell tour will kick off this month before capping with his final concert on March 22nd at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncastville, Connecticut. Cool. 
I, I didn't even I know he was still, still playing. Oh. I didn't even know he was still playing. Yeah. Yeah, he he has been. That's excellent. Cool. Uh, the Tony Orlando Farewell Tour will begin with a three-night stand at the South Point Casino in Las Vegas on January 19th, 20th, and 21st. Cool. Today's the 17th, so that's why I wanted to get this in. No, that's cool, and, and I love that information because I am a fan of Tony uh, Orlando. I thought he was a very good singer. I don't know what happened to Don, though. Remember? I, I have met Tony Orlando and shook his hand and talked to him. Oh, cool. Is he a cool guy? Oh, he's a great guy. Cool. Uh, you remember when I told you my ex-wife was a Klein? server on Jim Baker's new TV show? Yeah, yeah, and Branson. Yeah, yeah. He w he was a guest one day, and oh, wow. I was there. I met him. He's a cool dude. I figured he would be, and I'm a fan of his. I just wanted to know what happened to Don because Tony Orlando and Don were a big thing for a long time. And yes, is he still alive? Yeah. Did they just were they like were they together and split up? Um, did they just decide to do separate things? I mean. Uh, it's just something that piqued my curiosity, and I was just wondering. So. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. That's now on my homework. All right. Um, that and the Harry Ass Olympics. The Harry Ass oh, Olympics. Oh yeah, that's been on my that's been on my homework. <laughs> yep, I got I got like five more names to produce, but I'm working on them. So. Uh, that's about what I have. Okay, cool. Plus a band. Plus so, a band. here in the next couple of podcasts, and yeah, and a band too, we are going to be doing the Harry Asshole Olympics again. So, anyhow, thank you all for listening. Have a great night. Good night, everybody. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, I'm glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.